welcome to the Coach Help Podcast. On this episode, we are delighted to announce that we have Anthony Limbrick, currently manager of TNS in the Welsh Premier League, formerly in managerial roles and also developed himself as an academy coach. In the afternoon, individual development plans I think are really important with young players that go into the first team. And that those players can get lost through that system. So I think at the higher level now, there's more there's more staff or, or there's an extra or there's that yeah. staff that isn't part of the academy, but they are part of the first team. They train with the first team, but then they take those players. Me and Anthony will look to discuss and tackle the issues around managing the environment to develop players between the academy and the first team, especially the movement of players from age group to age group, up and down throughout the system. We'll look at the structure, how to implement it, and any potential ideas going forward. Hi, Anthony. Um, thanks for joining us on the Coach Out podcast tonight. Um, really good to get you involved, and obviously some of your experiences are linking quite a lot to the topic we're going to chat about. Um, just quickly, like for the next 30, 40 seconds, just try and give us a little bit of a rundown of kind of where you're at at the minute and your experiences up to now. Yeah, sure. Hard to fit in in 40 seconds, but I'll, I'll do my best there. So currently I'm the head coach at TNS, which is a, a club in Wales called the New Saints. Um, we're fortunate enough to win the league last season, so this year we'll be competing in the in the Champions League. So it'll be a really good good challenge um, for myself and for the staff and for everyone else. So we're looking forward to that. Um, before that, I was assistant um, manager at Groomsby Town in League Two. I had a small caretaker um, role there for a little bit. Before that, I was manager at Woking in the National League. Um, and then before then, I was West Ham's under-15s coach for, I think, about 18 months. Before then, I had Southampton for five seasons, working from the 14s all the way through to the under-18s as a youth coach. I had a very small stint with England under-17s as an assistant. Um, and then before then, I worked at the FA um, on the skills programme, the FA skills programme 5 to 11. So probably had a, a really varied degree of, of different coaching. I've worked semi-pro football as well as a, as a first-team coach, assistant manager. Worked in after-school clubs, worked at grassroots levels, worked in schools, girls' football, boys' football. It, it worked at, at probably, I'd say, yeah, a, a massive different degree of, of coaching all the way through and sort of find myself in this position now. So probably a bit of a different background, I think, to most coaches. Um, but I think it's, it's probably helped me along the way, I would say. Yeah, no, like I said, linking into kind of the topic we're going to chat about in, in this one is I think them experiences you've said like earlier on in your career have kind of helped you towards this point and obviously you'll have some some good examples going forward. So like what we're going to chat about tonight is kind of how do we manage that environment to develop the players between the academy and the first team. And again, at, at times people get lost in there. Uh, it's a, it can be a tough time for players, even though from the mm. outside looking in, people think, oh, the first year, second year pros, they're, they're doing really well in the career, but kind of the other stuff that goes around it. So just to start off, just to kind of put you on the spot, uh, Anthony, is um, what for you around this kind of area would be like utopia? Mm, okay. So like the perfect, yeah. perfect what would outcome. What would it look like? Yeah, I mean, I think, I'd, I'd not to sit on the fence with the first question of the night. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to bat you off early on. I thought I might have to do that later on, but... I would say it does look different for different players. So I've seen yeah. Utopia with these players for different reasons at different levels. So, for example, I've been on the side of the academy side where you see academy players go into the first team, whether that be under-18s or under-23s, go up with the first team players. 
and that work really well where they're drip fed in and they train for a little bit, they play the odd game, but then they come back and their main base is with the 23s or with the 18s. So for them, some players, that worked really well. Other players during that time, like for example, at Southampton, the training grounds were together. So the first team trained on the same side as the first team. So it was really easy for players to flow back and forth. And that worked quite well because obviously you could see the first team train, the first team would come over and watch the young players play and they'd see someone they'd like, they might take him over, et cetera. But also at West Ham, it worked well because there was two different sites. And then the first team trained on one site and the 23s were at um, Chadwell Heath and the first team were at Rush Green, I think. And that actually, I thought that was going to be a negative at the start, but the utopia of that was, was that the under 23s players always wanted to get over to the different venue and be called over there to go and train with the first team. So at first I thought, oh, this isn't, this isn't going to be great at all. Now there were negatives to that as well. It was harder to get players over for certain bits or if they needed a player off the cuff, then it was, it was hard to get. But I think that worked quite well as well because the mindset of the player was we want to get out of this training ground and into the first team one. So for some players that worked really well. Um, I think now as a first team manager, seeing those those players come through, I've got a different eye on it as well because we've obviously got to win games and we need to perform and, and, and get points as well. But I think making sure that you understand that those best players, a lot of the time, sometimes they can miss out on a lot of training. So, for example, the best first year pro or the best scholar, for example, with it is with us, trains with us, with the first team, but sometimes they need a lot more work. So they'll do extra sessions in the afternoon. Individual development plans, I think, are really important with the young players that go into the first team. And we found that really important because then they're able to still get the training hours in and get what's required to come in to then come into the first team, impact with the first team. But they might not be getting as much game time either. So I think the best case I've found with that is we have a meeting once a week with the staff, the academy staff. We're very lucky at the club I'm at because our assistant manager is the head of coaching as well. So it's like a dual role, but he's very in with the academy. And we have two academy coaches. One always coaches with us. So there's myself, the assistant manager, and the under-19s coaches with the first team every day. And those two rotate around. So we're very in touch with the young players and what they're doing. But we make sure that if someone's on the first team program, that then they're able to get the extra work and the extra training that fits in with their individual development program, as well as getting their match minutes up, which is really important if they're not playing regularly with the first team. Because I have seen it at all levels, the opposite of Utopia, as you say, where the 18, 19-year-old player goes up with the first team. He does the second day recovery on the Monday, even though he doesn't need it. And he just doesn't get enough work in, in the week. And the other players who might not be as good as him are getting more training when they're back with the youth team. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know what I mean? So you've got to be careful with that. So I think it does look different for different players, I think would, would be the main answer. But I think that a real strong individual development plan around those players really helps and works, but proper communication with the, 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 the staff, the academy staff, as well as the first team staff. Yeah, it sounds like your academy staff kind of take control of that in your environment. Has it been different yeah, yeah. or the same elsewhere? Yeah, they do. And yeah, they do. Yeah, I give a lot of responsibility to the assistant manager who is the head of coaching because he knows these players so well. He knows them even better than me. So I'll say the ones that I want in the training session or the ones that are doing really well, the ones that are being picked in the side speak for themselves if they're playing regularly. But for example, we had a player recently who is was still at school doing his, doing his A-levels, I think. And um, he was coming in four times with us and we had a, an arrangement with the school to release him for certain days. 
and the travel was just becoming a little bit too much. So although we wanted him in with us training all the time, we sat down with his parents and had a meeting and said, well, how come there's a dip in form there? How come physically he's not doing as much as what he probably has done in the past? And his form was sort of up and down, not just in games, but in training around the gym. And he just looked a little bit flat. And we took one day away and allowed him just to go to school that day and go back into school, do some extra work and not train on that day. So we took a full day away from him, which was a session plus a gym session, plus maybe some technical work as well. So we found after two or three weeks of that, that ended up being his program for the next sort of two or three months come the end of the season. And his form really increased. Now, obviously that could, might not be the reason, but we really feel like just that extra day in his own environment at school with it, without he was traveling about an hour and a bit in, it was long for his parents, long for him really just improved him and added the, added the freshness for the three days that he was in. So there's an example of, although he's not training as much, he's training less. He actually benefited from that. But we had to have that conversation with the parents and the player and sort of say, well, hey, come on then, what, what, what's going on type thing and seeing how he was, as well as giving me a little bit of a dig as well and go, well, come on, we, we need to communicate more here. So he was a very, um, a player who probably doesn't talk a lot to the to the coaches and stuff and didn't want to be seen as being, sort of soft or not training or saying he was tired and finding it difficult and that. But when we really dug deeper, speaking to the parents and him, we sort of found out that we had to adjust his program and that worked really well. I mean, part of that's good on his part because he wants to train. He wants to be in with the first team and do it. And he didn't want to miss out on his opportunity, but it really worked well once we had that communication. So I think communication with the triangle really or of the first team, the academy staff who know the player and the parents and the player is 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 so important and i think constantly checking that all the time is 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 important so i think that probably helps me because i've been in the academy so i understand that a bit more as as a first team coach because a a wise coach once said and i'd love to claim this is my own but once you're a developer you're always a developer it was from michael bill said that and once he said that i was like yeah he's right i think once you work with young players and you, you would know what i mean there you yeah. when you're in a first team environment you're still thinking about developing those players making them better and having an understanding of those younger players so i think that definitely helps so if you were to kind of say for instance take a step back and you were to go back into maybe an under 18s role or a 21s role or a reserve team role how would you kind of again there's the whole managing up scenario of with managers and and having that relationship but take away the relationship how would you almost take away the bias of a manager comes and watches one of your sessions and he's like, I like him or I like her, rather than, do you know what, over six to eight months, this yeah. player's developed in a way to be ready to the first team or yeah. statistically something there that says this player is ready. I know there's, there's mm. physical data, but technically, tactically, do you think there's a place for something there to be developed? Yeah, I think definitely. I think that, it's 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 hard for a manager to come in on watch one session and go, oh, I like him, I'll have him and bring him into your session. And we've all probably done it before. Yeah. I've seen managers do it to players that I've worked with. I've even done it myself. I've gone, oh, yeah, I like him. I'll take him to train with you. And I think that can be good, but I think you've got to trust the coaches that you work with. If they're good coaches and they're good people and they understand the players, then I think you've got to go with what they're saying as well. And I think there's different levels of that. So there's, for example, in our first team squad at the moment, we've got, or last season we had a scholar who trained with us full-time and was a first-team player and only trained reserve games and scholars games. Sorry, only played reserve games and scholar games when he wasn't getting the game time with the first team. Then we had another scholar who would dip in and out training with us but wasn't ready for games. So he was on the scholars games program. 
if he was good enough, he'd play in the reserve games if there wasn't first-team players playing. But his development programme was to train with the first team once or twice a week if it fitted in with us, obviously, as well. Then there was the scholars players who we thought had the potential to be the best players, but they weren't ready to train regularly with the first team. And they did extra sort of, they did some extra physical work in the gym with the S&C coach, some core work and some stuff like that to try and get them ready in the seasons come by. Now we drip them in training every now and again, but they weren't ready to train regularly. So we had the ones who had great potential that we kept an eye on, but they weren't ready for the first team at that time. So we just drip fed them in, but had a different individual gym program with them. There was the player who was sort of in between, but still on the games program with the scholars, but trained with the first team. And then there was another one or only one player. This was who was with the first team full time and sort of dropped down to top up his games, if that makes sense. So there was probably, we probably had three groups of about six to seven players there sort of split. And sometimes some would flow in between the groups, by the way, as well, not that top group, but they flew in, they flew in between the two. Um, and that, and we found that worked quite well. I think we didn't really plan on that happening. It just sort of, it just sort of happened in a way. Does that make sense yeah. with opportunity as well with how well players were doing, but that group there that was at the bottom that wasn't with the first team all the time, they, in the end, you've got to understand, and, and probably Southampton taught me this, they might be the best player in the end, even though they're the, the most effective player at the moment. So normally that's your physically smaller player, isn't it? Yeah. Who still needs to grow, still needs to work in the gym, who still needs to take his time. But he might be better than the player who's effective and able to handle the first team at the moment. So that, that probably taught me a really good lesson at Southampton. They would take one or two physically smaller players who are technically very good in every age group all the way through with the understanding knowing that one or two of them wouldn't get through every year but that one or two might one of them was josh sims who went and played in the first team another was jay kesketh another was oxlade chamberlain who was who was, who was further on by the time i got there he was already with the first team but he was an example he played down at under 14 under 15s in the under 14s oxlade chamberlain because he just he needed to get on the ball he needed to dominate the game he couldn't do it physically so I think they had a really good understanding there, Southampton, of that. And that taught me taught me a lot. So I always try and remember that when working with the younger players now. Yeah, no. And like I said, it just kind of potentially like looking at like the the cons of it rather than the pros of have you seen times or has there been times in your development as a coach where that's not being managed as well? So mm. again, everything you're talking about here, it's if it's communicated mm. well and the player buys in, then it's brilliant. But that player that's bouncing between first team and academy or yeah. feel that I'm not getting enough out of it. What does that look like mm -hmm. for them and, and how would you manage that? I think the hardest thing I've found and still trying to work out what the best way to deal with this is, is that when that player comes in the first team, does well. So for example, he's a left back. We get one left back injured in the first team. He comes in, he does really well. He gets his opportunity, plays. He think that He thinks sometimes, or he can think, that he's then a first team player now because I've played in the first team. But we understand that then that other player comes back in. We play the more experienced player because that gets the best result at that time. Yeah. How to manage that player going back down and playing with his own age group is very difficult at all levels. It happened at Southampton, West Ham and now. So I think I'm still probably learning how to deal with that. I think communicating with the player is very important. I think communicating with the player of why they're going up with the first team is important as well. So yeah. What do those conversations look like? Yeah, they look like individual conversations with what we would have with the scholars coaches, so the under 19 coaches, whether that's formal or informal conversations. I always like to speak to the players as well, the younger players, because I know them. 
So I'll say, look, we, we, we need some, we're playing an 11 v 11 game. You need to be doing this in this game today. But then after that, then you'll go back down with the youth team. So they know already. But look, if you do well, then you can stay up. But also I think, I think praising if the players do well and the reason why they're going up and down. So I think that's, that's key as well. So look, you've come in and you've done really well. The first team player is coming back in. But when you're called upon again, you've got credit in the bank and then you're able to come back in and do well type thing. Does that make sense? So yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's key. I think it can be unofficial, but can be official as well. And explaining that sometimes to the parents, I think is really key. It is definitely key at that under 18, 19 age group because the parents get excited and think that they've gone up and now they're first team players, but they might not necessarily be. So I think that's important. And there was a saying that I, I stole and always use still that when two of you play a hundred games in the first team, then you're a first team player. So we've got players now who are in the first team. They've played 40, 50 games. They're good young players. But I say to them, look, when you play 100 games in the first team level, and no disrespect where I am now, but it is the Welsh Premier League. It's not the Football League. Then, then you've got a long way to go. If you play 100 games in Wales, you've still got to go again to get in the Football League. So I think that's a good saying to say, look, you're not a, you're not a certain pro until you get in, in into that level and, and play those 100 games. Yeah, no. It's interesting because you've answered that. I was going to ask about parents and, again, agents, other people kind of get involved yeah. in terms of trying to trying to push their player. Mm. Um, just going back to kind of um, when we're talking about progressing from academy into 21s, reserve team, first team, all that. So is there anything you kind of measure players off or compare players to in regards to coming coming through that system? Yeah, for players who are coming into the first team, do you mean? Or Yeah, yeah. So coming out of the academy, yeah. is there any kind of parameters you work mm. from personally or you've developed something at your club? Yeah, do you know, do you know what? We don't. I, th- I think we probably should. I think there should be something more, if I'm honest, to, to, to measure that. I think, I don't want to sound a bit old school with this answer, but a bit of ex- experience does, does help, I think, with that. Yeah. Do you know I mean, sometimes you get a feeling on a young player with their attitude, with the way they carry themselves with the way they handle, one of the big ways I look at a player if he's ready to come in with the first team is that what does he do in a first team session if he makes a mistake? Yeah. Does he get back on it and try again? Is he worried about mistakes? Does it affect him? Is he vocal in the group? Does he deal with criticism well? Does he handle that in the group? Because the first team environment can be a, listen, we know what it's like, it can be a, a, a hard place for a young player coming through. But then what are they like when they do go back and play with the, the youth team or playing games and that sort of thing. So I think from a, the mental side is probably one of the more sides I look at first. I don't, we don't really have a way to measure that. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I'd, yeah. Love see, I'd love there to be a so way. What, to what would you that. look for if, so again, someone comes in, plays mm. a couple of games for you, mm. does really well, can deal with kind of the environment, then you, you throw them back down mm. to the 18s or move back down to the 18s or the reserves. Mm. What would you look for in them then? Yeah, well, first of all, I think there it's we'd, we'd get them in for a meeting. Do you know what I mean, with the coach, with the academy staff as well, possibly the parents, if we felt like the parents had a big influence, that we'd tell them why they're going down, how well they've done, what they did well, what they could improve on next time. And then when they go back, I think it is still hard. And listen, I'm still learning how to do that as well, because what happens when they go down? They think they've been a good player with the first team and they try to say they're a forward and they try to dominate the game and do a lot more than what they would normally do. And that can work in their favour. So I think them delivering what their strengths are, but being a leader in that group, I think is going to be really key because all the players that look up to them who went up into the first team, they're all looking at them to see what they're going to do when they come back down as well. So I think recruiting good people and good characters as players into the team, which is what we try and do at youth level and first team level, 
is really key for that. Do you know what I mean? So they can handle that and they understand that at any time you could go back down or, or you could go back up and what the reasons are for that. So I must say it hasn't worked all the time and still, still learning that. I don't think we've got that right. I think probably at the first team level now, you're seeing at the higher clubs, you're seeing more individual development coach roles in with the first team. Like I know a guy who's just gone into Charlton as an individual development coach. Really, he's managing that progression through. Because it is busy when you're a first team manager and first team staff. You're trying to win games. You're prepping for games, and and that those players can get lost through that system. So I think at the higher level now, there's more, there's more staff, or, or there's an extra, or there's that, yeah, staff that isn't part of the academy, but they are part of the first team. They train with the first team, but then they take those players for extras. They're in charge of their individual development plan, and they've got a closer link with the academy, which I think is a role that's becoming more important in football. Because like we said, those under 18s and 23s players sometimes train and get better access and better coaching than they do when they're in the first team. But with that person there, then they can keep an eye on that development and really manage their individual program. So it's good to see those roles coming in more. Yeah, and do you think it'll evolve? Because it seems to be very much at the moment like almost like a technical coach who'll do individual stuff, but yeah, to really kind of bridge the gap, do they need more tactical, more physical, more psych work? I think they. I think that individual coach, yeah, they're calling it individual coaches, but from what I've seen with a couple of those coaches, they're in charge of that program. So they're going to the strength and conditioning coach to work on the areas they need to work on to make sure that player is working on them. They're doing the extra technical work as well, but they're linking in with the first team manager and saying, well, what does he need to do tactically to get in your team? Then hopefully working with him on that. Do, do you sort of mean... Yeah, yeah. That, play, that coach should, should be, in, in my opinion, really in charge of their individual development that we've probably got unofficially at our club with that under-19s coach working with our first team every day. We've got two guys and one of them's always coaching with us as an assistant coach. We have a manager assistant and one of those guys coaches. And they're very good, those two guys. So they obviously know the players. So they're unofficially sort of doing that. Anyway, we have no reserve team, really. So yeah. we go an, an under-19s and then straight into first team. So we've got players out on loan as well, but then train with us, our first team, but play in the Welsh Premier League. So they're probably a different way of managing as well. So we try and get players out, <coughs> excuse me, staff out to see their games. Um, we try and make sure that we're getting the feedback from the coaches who are coaching them too, but then also linking in with their development plans as well. But I think we could probably do with an extra person who's a who's the like a loans manager who can really link in with that and watch more games and see more of them in the environment, go and watch them in training in another environment as well. So that's key. But for us, because we loan them out to, we're a full-time club, because we loan them out to part-time clubs, we make sure that they're still training on our program, but fitting in with the games program that they go to as well, which is sometimes difficult to manage, but they still do gym and train full-time with us, but maybe go one time a week and train with that part-time club, but they get the, the bonus of playing the game time in, in the Welsh Premier League that way. Yeah, no, brilliant. So then, like going forward, would you would you change anything around your current system or potentially the the EWP system in England that helps develop them players through? Like I said, they've been talking in the past, hasn't they? Bring back the old reserve league, bring back yeah these things. Is there anything that you can't? There anything stands out to you that potentially you think we're missing a trick? Yeah, on? I mean, uh, the, the the current club I'm at, it works really well at the moment with the resources we've got. We are a smaller club, so. I think the academy here punches well above their weight and we have got a good record of developing players and bringing them through. Um, especially if you looked at the training minutes of scholars and, and first-year pros, what they train with us, 
the debuts we've given in Europe and also in the league as well, not just like token minutes, but like starts and playing and is very, very high. And we brought the average age down of the team. So where I'm at at the moment, it's, it's a very unique club and it's working very well. I think at the Premier League clubs, when I worked there with Category 1 clubs, I think that person at the time was missing to get the link between the first team and the academy, a, a, someone who was an academy coach, but with the first team. I thought, I think that what we were just talking about then was missing. Yeah. I, I don't know if you say every club's got to have one of those people, but I think that would definitely help if they were doing that role right. But I know that at um, Southampton now, they've got more of a B team, which really replicates the first team in terms of stats and how much the players distance they cover and the technical and, and tactical demands to link it closer to the first team. And they've actually taken academy coaches and put them with the first team for a season, swap them back over with the 23s, put them back in. So I think, I think more clubs are trying to do that thing or experiment with it, but I would say it does look different at every, at every club, I must say. Yeah. And like, like you said at the start, it probably looks different with every player as well. It does, I think. Yeah, a seventeen-year-old could be ready, or it might not be yeah. ready until he's twenty-three. That's it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, brilliant, Anthony. Um, really like that. Got some really good stuff from it. And um, thanks for your time. No problem. 